You're listening to the Just Giants podcast with Grump and the Cranky Fan. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and SoundCloud today. This message is being broadcast over the emergency alert system at the request of the New York football giants. This is not a test. Please remain calm and stand by for the following important information. Welcome back to Just Giants with Grump and the Cranky Fan, the best damn podcast for the best damn football team. I'm your host, the Football Grump, and I am without the Cranky Fan tonight. So, um, the Cranky Fan went on vacation. We recorded an episode in advance so that it could be released on time. He was supposed to be back in time to do our regular off-season position review, which was supposed to be cornerbacks, but was feeling um, a lot of jet lag. So I, you know, we were just going to do it a day late. And now he's actually feeling very, very sick. Uh, so I was going to do the episode solo, uh, which also would have been fine. Um, but too much free agency stuff happened today that was causing too much of an uproar, and I feel like that episode wouldn't really gain any traction anyway, and it might as well just wait till he's feeling better. Anyway, it's all pretty much ready, but I'm going to focus on just doing a quick, quick slant by myself, partly because I can't really listen to myself talk for very long without going insane, so I'm sure that sentiment gets passed around. Um, but just some just some quick things here, because the Giants don't have a lot of money, so this is probably going to be the bulk of their signings um, right off the bat, and, uh, and free agency hasn't even really opened yet I don't think I think this is all part of the legal tampering period thing so a lot of these contracts that I'm going to talk about really quickly um, are tentative a lot of the details are murky unknown entirely uh, speculation uh, all that that kind of stuff Um, and I'm not really going to get to the around the league stuff and that's something I'm really going to kind of go in with cranky fan and how that ties into with the Giants as we compare contracts left and right They'll be a little bit more in-depth, but I don't even want to do that until we have full details anyway. So this is kind of what we're going to do. Before I jump into it, be sure to like, subscribe, that kind of thing. Follow me on Twitter, at football underscore grump. Um, this show is available in audio formats on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, whatever, and uh, also on YouTube as well for video. Anyway, into this. The the first thing I'm going to hit right off the top is going to be Terod Taylor. Um, so... Terod Taylor was signed to a two-year deal with the Giants. There are limited um, amounts of knowledges at this time regarding the details of this contract, but it is being reported as a two-year, $11 million contract that has $8.5 million guaranteed. The average annual salary is going to be $5.5 million. We don't know any cap hits right now. Uh, I'd be very interested to hear, to hear what the dead hit is going to be for... 2023, um, but there is an additional six million dollars in incentives. Um, so this was initially reported as a 17 million dollar salary, in which case people freaked out. Um, the eight and a half million guaranteed, I think, played a little bit into it. But at the end of the day, um, this is this is kind of normal money. This is normal money for Terod Taylor. This is what he made last year: five and a half million dollars. Um, this is normal money for a decent backup quarterback. Uh, it's just a lot of money for the Giants. Um, but, you know, some people are kind of viewing this as a um, 
I guess competition for Daniel Jones. They're viewing this as pushing him, playing for starting uh, possibility. And I just I don't know if I see that. And I never really did. You know, the cranky fan and I just a couple weeks ago released the quarterback. Yeah, uh, I got the last week released the quarterbacks episode. Jeez. Um, and Teron Taylor was the top of my attainable list. He was the ideal backup, um, which is why I thought it would never happen, and yet here we are. Um, and the reason why is because of why I think they signed him. I don't think there's anything in the details that I read that indicates that he's going to compete with Daniel Jones for legitimate starting time or whatever. I think he's a legitimate guy that can bridge a gap if necessary, you know. The ideal hope, right, is that Daniel Jones is our quarterback of the future and that he shows that he can win or whatever. Um, That's cool. Terod Taylor, totally not needed next year, which is why I'm interested in seeing that dead cap number. I think that's going to be our real indicator. If he's expendable next year, then you're going to work on your guy of the future, and that is Daniel Jones, and you know that, I guess, or you feel comfortable with that. You can cut him. Um... If Daniel Jones isn't the guy, or you just don't feel that he showed enough, Terod Taylor can be the starter next year while you work out your new quarterback of the future plans. You know, maybe the guy you draft is closer to a Josh Allen type that needs some time to develop. Maybe the guy you draft is a day one starter and just needs a veteran presence in the locker room to learn behind. You know, we've seen this before with Terod Taylor, Justin Herbert, and Baker Mayfield before that. Um... That's all totally, you know, possible. Uh, additionally, Teron Taylor is a guy who have, if he has to play three to four games because Daniel Jones is injured, he can go out there and acquit the team well. You know, if for whatever reason, well, I mean, forget even wins and losses, right? You can't evaluate a team when certain specific play is so bad that it ruins everything. And quarterback is one of those things. There's no way to evaluate. I mean, we. I don't know why I'm explaining this to Giants fans. We saw this already with Glennon and Fromm last year. There's there's simply no way to see how good or bad anybody is when they're as bad as that, when the quarterback play is that bad. Um, So if Jones goes down with an injury and, you know, whether or not we decide that that's something that plays into his contract or not, you can continue to evaluate the rest of the pieces that you're bringing in by having steady quarterback play in Terod Taylor. And that's how I would describe him, steady. You know what I mean? He's going to be fine. He is a backup. In my opinion, he's not even good enough to be really starting in this league. He's at that fringe level, which is an ideal backup in my opinion. I don't think that they went out and signed a 33-year-old to be... I I don't know. I mean, I guess the only way I see Terod Taylor legitimately competing with Daniel Jones for starter snaps is if Daniel Jones is so much worse than he was... Even even at the beginning of last year, in those week two, week three, you know, up until the, the Saints game there, those games, James Jones was playing well, um, despite being in a terrible offense with injured, blah, 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 excuses, X, Y, and Z, right? Um, that's the only way I can... Or, or if the neck injury is somehow much, much worse than we've been led to believe. Um I don't know if I believe. I don't. I'm not a doctor. I don't want to speculate on that. I have no idea. But that's my take on the Terod Taylor thing. I don't think that this is a legitimate push against Daniel Jones. I think this is the perfect backup. It's interesting that it's a lot of money, but I think that if you're going to bridge the gap, that maybe that's a smart idea. 
Personally, I probably wouldn't have gone out and gotten him. In my opinion, he's the perfect guy if you if you're making a run with a young quarterback or I don't know if this were Daniel Jones's second third year, he'd be perfect. Right now, I would be, you know, he'd be the perfect backup if you knew for sure Daniel Jones was the guy, but that he's also injury prone or you know whatever. Um, I wouldn't have spent this amount of money, but we'll see how much that amount of money really is. Um, the next three. I'm going to go over. I'm not going over these guys in order the way they were signed or which moves, whatever. I'm going over them in the way that I think they impact things. Um, and I'm going to hit all three right now offensive linemen that they signed because I sounded like a goofus on Twitter because I start saying things without really being clear because I'm worried about character limit. And then I just keep tweeting and never really clarify. So the Giants need a ton of offensive line help. And they went out and they got three guys. Uh, and I'll get into the, the how this helps the offensive line as I go through them individually. Um, they signed Mark Lewinsky, most notably, from Indianapolis. Um, three-year deal worth $18 million. This one we do have some specifics on. Next year, uh, $3.3 million against the cap. That's basically nothing but an $11 million hit. So he's here for next year, and he's going to be here for ne- uh, the year after, too. 2023, seven and three-quarter uh, million dollars for the cap hit. But again, $8.6 million dead, so more dead than not. So he's going to be here for at least two years. And then that last year, that's where you have um, – you're, you're out. So this is essentially a two-year deal with the ability to hang on to a third year if needed, if they're making a run or whatever. But that year he's worth, again, about $7 million, but there's only a $1.5 million dead hit if he's gone. It's most likely going to be a two-year deal. Um, I'm not going to pretend that I know a whole lot about Mac. Mark Glowinski because I haven't really had the time to dive into him working very hard on my draft stuff and we have a whole off season to speculate and then we have a summer to see and then um, a fall to watch Uh, but for right now all intents and purposes uh, the scouting report that we're seeing that I'm seeing from around different people uh, 30 year old guy he's generally good he's a good player um you know, better run blocker than pass blocker, but fine in pass blocking reps. Uh, an upgrade over anybody that played last year on the offensive line, with the exception of Andrew Thomas uh, from weeks f- f- uh, three on, I would say. Probably the best offensive lineman uh, out of all those guys that played, um, which isn't saying anything really good. This is really just, it's a fair deal for a fair player. That's what this is. Um, so he will be a starter. I, I find it very, very difficult to believe that he won't be a starter next year. And I'll get into that in a minute. Uh, they also signed John Feliciano. This one was widely speculated by many beat writers. Uh, I know Jordan was one of them, but I had seen his name pop up a bunch of times. A bunch of people saw it. This is a Buffalo Connection guy. Uh, I just think that the, I think the lines of communication were not very secret. And that's whatever. Um, but this is a one-year contract. I don't have any details on it. It's being reported that he's being sent here to play center. Uh, I think he can play center. He played center last year, but also has guard capability as well. Um, this is, again, uh, from what I'm seeing and hearing around, that he's a decent player, fringe starter. He's He shouldn't be starting, but if he's the worst starter on your line, you're probably okay. That's kind of the, what, what I'm what I'm hearing and seeing with him, but I, I don't want to lock myself into that. 
Um, so that's another one that they got. And moving on, they had signed uh, tackle Matt Gano, uh, subject to many Graham Gano jokes um, that were A+. Plus. Um, but anyway, one-year contract, again, no details known at this time. It's probably really low. 28-year-old kid, he, he's... Um, this dude's not very good. I mean, he probably shouldn't be starting at all. Uh, if he has to start a game or two, I think you're probably going to feel okay. I mean, think about... He's probably around... Uh, he Yeah, he's he's like a swing backup. He, he shouldn't be starting. But if he goes out there and he has to play a game, you're going to have to figure out some tight end help. You know, stuff like that. But nothing Giants fans aren't used to. They've had their starter needed tight end help, and their backup is even worse. I would say he's probably in between Nate Solder and Matt Parrott. Um, no, I think he's probably better than both of them, but not by much. Uh, so a little bit of the same, but this guy should be your backup. And now this is where I'm going to get into my thing here. At the beginning of this offseason, their O-line really looked like starters, if I had to just project, would be Andrew Thomas, Shane Lemieux, I guess you got to go Nick Gates, Ben Bredesen, and Matt Parrott. Those are your starters. Matt Parrott has a torn ACL, by the way. Definitely not recovered at this time. Probably not recovered by the start of the season. And even if it does, not very good anyway. And then following that, our backups include at tackle, Devery Ham- Hamilton. I don't know who that is. Neither do you. He's 23 years old. Nobody. Fringe. Not even a fringe practice squad player, probably. And Wes Martin. Terrible. So the Giants needed legitimately starters and I mean need as in they don't have starters at center and right tackle. They simply don't. There is Matt Parrott is incapable of playing right tackle right now. He is injured. Nick Gates may never play football again. I'm going to operate on that assumption right now until I see him walking. You know what I mean? You know, not in a boot, doing normal things. Um, when I see him working out, even then, I mean, think of all the times Victor Cruz was out there running for like three years he was doing workouts running drills didn't play so i'm really tempering my expectations on nick gates who's a much heavier player that's got to move in short spaces but so they have no starters at two spots already um then you know the starters at two other spots aren't very good shane lemieux kind of hoping for some level of improvement there's some growth to be happening happening there but there still isn't Ben Bredesen, I'm just, at this point, he's just not very good. Um, Should be a backup. You don't want him playing. So you have two positions where you absolutely need starters. Then there's two positions where you probably need starters. That's four guys right there. Um, And then you probably want to replace some of those depth guys as well. (laughs) What they've done now... And that's that's what they're going to have to do in this whole offseason. You know, that's not needed in just free agency or just the draft. So the best way to do this is with the money restrictions that they have is to the way I would do this is go out and get a couple of veteran guys. And what, that's kind of what they did. They really got one starter, one fringe starter, and one depth guy. That's three of basically six, right? Um, so at the end of the day, this team went out and got three guys that are currently starters. Uh I would see now you're looking at Andrew Thomas, left tackle, with Matt Parrott as, I guess, your backup left tackle. Shane Lemieux is probably still your left guard, with Ben Bredesen now backing him up. Feliciano is now penciled in as your starting center because he's actually healthy. That puts him over Gates immediately, I think. Um, Glowinski is going to play right guard. 
that put he instantly the best player not named Andrew Thomas on this line. And Gano, in my opinion, is your starter right tackle at this very moment because I don't know anything about Devery Hamilton. I assume he's not good. Um, and Matt Parrott is hurt. So right now they're three starters. That's not ideal. But they can now sub that, right? Like you still want Evan Neal. Evan Neal comes in. Gono becomes your swing tackle. Now you're in a comfortable workable tackle situation. Andrew Thomas, Evan Neal, Matt Gono. You've got one swing tackle. You've got whatever, starters, right? Glowinski is kind of penciled in as your right guard. You know, when you supplement it with the drafts, now you're seeing this offensive line fill out. I'm not I'm not trying to insinuate that they're at any way done, um, but these were the necessary pieces to get done at the beginning. Get these guys now. And the more versatile, the better. And they got a couple guys that are versatile. So they'll upgrade these positions further in draft and push some of these depth pieces, right? Hopefully two of them, but at least right tackle. But if Feliciano has to start this season because the draft didn't fall in a way that they had them taking the center of the future, that's okay. Um, they'll be able to field a playable team like that. So basically, this is exactly how I would do this. Ideally, you'd gather a, a, a starting center in this draft and a starting right tackle push Feliciano to that backup role or into the left guard competition with Shane Lemieux and uh, Ben Bredesen. You push Gono into that swing tackle role that he absolutely belongs in. And suddenly you're developing a young and and not good, but respectable offensive line. Um, And in the following years, you can continue to draft left guard, right tackle, more swing tackle, uh, left guard, right guard, uh, more swing tackle prospects, continue pushing these, all three of these signings into depth roles. You know, by that third Glowinski year, you're going to want to have your right guard of the future, in my opinion. That's what I would, I mean, you may even be able to get center, guard, tackle in this draft. You know, I I don't know. You don't know how the draft is going to fall. But in my opinion, you want to get guys that can at least start and if Feliciano has to start, I think they'll be okay. Just in case, so you're not reaching in this draft. That's not that's not how you build a team. There's too many holes here to be reaching to fill things. And I know you want to build the O-line first, but this is this is how I would do it personally. So I am on board with this. They made a couple of additional moves, and I'm just going to kind of run through them quickly because that was the most of it. Um, they re-signed CJ Board. He's going to turn 29 this year. Uh, people tend to link him as a special teams guy immediately. But to me, I've always viewed him more as a pretty decent depth wide receiver you know he was kind of the first non-starter off the bench last year in a in a crowded wide receiver room between Galladay, Tony, Shepard, Slayton you know that's that's four legitimate starters there that you know they had some injuries CJ Board was the first guy in there and he's never gonna dominate a game or anything with some seven or eight catch performance 150 yards and like two touchdowns but He's shown that he's good at making plays when they come his way, and he's going to get your three and four catch games, and he's going to move the chains on third down. And I think, like, even it's one of those things where if he has one catch on two targets, it'll be the crucial, you know, 25-yard in route or something like that. You know, these these guys that are capable depth guys, they just have to win their one-on-ones a lot of time or find the soft spot in the zone. They're generally ignored in those crucial situations. And uh, it comes... You know, it's up to them to just do a decent job when their number is called. And I think he does that. Um, Not to mention, he's also one of the faster guys in the team is another underrated aspect. I don't think he's specifically re-signed because of special teams value. Um, I I would think probably more of that if the prior regime were still in charge. 
but I don't think that's what's going on here. And it may be that if he's at wide receiver depth, that his only starting position is in special teams, and that's that doesn't mean that he was re-signed for that purpose. That might just be an added bonus. And at the end of the day, I kind of think that that's how it's viewed in the NFL when guys are good special teams players that are capable backups. That is an added bonus. That's the added. That's why you want him over the guy who's just a capable backup. Um, it's just that we don't see them in their backup role a lot because we don't watch practice. We only watch the games. Um, in addition, they signed wide receiver Robert Frost, uh, Foster, the one-year contract. I don't have any details on that. Um, he was with the Bills from 18 to 20, and he bounced around from league uh, organization to organization until last year. He was on the Dallas practice squad. Um you know, this is going to be a camp body, I think. I'm, I'm not getting too worked up over this in any direction at all. Um, but another wide receiver. And then one thing that I don't think we went over on this show at all, uh, Riley Dixon was cut. We saw it coming. Cap casualty, but also a talent casualty. But uh, Caden Smith was waived, uh, injured. You know, when, when Cranky Finn and I did our cut $40 million Joe Shane project, uh, he had cut Caden Smith, and I had kept him. And uh, one of the reasons why is because I didn't want to leave the tight end room completely barren. And to me, that was like, I don't want to say obvious, but it was such a driving factor for me. And, you know, Cranky Fan was kind of like, yeah, you know, whatever. I understand, and, you know, that's that's not good, but I just, you know, we need to make money, and I don't see it with him. Well, um, the Giants are now... You know, they've waived him. They waived him injured. Uh, there were some rumors that his knee injury was, was not very good, was worse than, you know, was originally thought or, or something like that. I don't know if there's any truth to that. That was kind of a fluttering rumor, and then it vanished, and I hadn't heard it again. So whatever. But regardless, he was waived, and the Giants are now in full tight end overhaul situation. Um, and the more I thought about it, they were probably in that situation anyway, and I was just kind of holding on Caden Smith because he showed promise, and I like him as a player. So... Now it's definite. Now they, they definitely are. And uh, the way that they're, you know, just by cutting him, it's, it's you know, they probably were already in tight end overhaul mode. Now they definitely are, and you just cut the wasted money on the injured guy. I'm sad to see him go because I'm a fan of his, but, like, he's just promised at this point. You can draft promise. You draft promise, sign a tight, but... but if they're going to make one more move before the draft, I have to assume it's going to be a tight end of some order. Depth, fringe depth, fringe starter. Maybe he's a solidified starter, you know, or you know, maybe maybe it's a splash signing. I have no idea. But the, I don't think they go into the draft at the end of April without having signed a tight end to just give them some maneuverability in the draft. I don't think that they're going to do that. But... I also think that this jacks that need up for a tight end in the draft as well because they're going to have to double hit this, and I don't think that the, I don't think that they want to sign two guys to starter level deals, which is what they'll have to do if they don't draft somebody with some level of talent. So, uh, or I guess trade. That's still on the market. James Bradbury is still here. Saquon Barkley is still here. Um, and I'm not going to really get into the Giants' departures, like Evan Ingram going away, Keon Crossan going away. Uh, and there's one other person. Who else? Hmm. Jabril Peppers, I believe, is still here, and so is Lorenzo Carter. 
I don't remember. Is it Will Hernandez? I don't know. Somebody left. Doesn't matter. Um, but as soon as the Cranky Fan gets better, we will have more episodes. If he is... Um, well, as soon as he gets better, we will go over all of the free agent madness that's happening. That is definite. Um, if he is sick for a while, I will do the cornerbacks episode myself if need be and just put that out there to keep us on track as the position groups keep going so be sure to continue subscribing and liking these videos and audio and whatever um spotify youtube thanks so much for watching we'll catch you guys next time go giants